everybody. This is So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. Oh, I, I was just kind of... We're so used to three. I know. I my, my, I just went into autopilot to, to, to take over. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. you're watching sequels. So many Everyone, sequels. Uh, this is the show. We are talking about... We've been talking about James Bond for like a month now. This is mm-hmm. the one we've done. Mm-hmm. We're, doing, we're doing Daniel Craig. We're, we're leading up to No Time to Die, uh, the long-awaited final uh, Daniel Craig James Bond movie. This is his last time, so yep. this is like the penultimate. Um, we're talking about Spectre. Exactly. Uh, came out in 2015, directed by Sam Mendes, who uh, also brought us Skyfall. Uh, this one, we've got... Um, oh, I lost his name. What's his name? Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz as the as the mm-hmm. bad guy this time around. A uh, really just Christoph Waltz is a delicious villain actor. Yes, he is. He really yes. good. Um, oh, he's great no matter what. So we've got the aftermath of Skyfall, where uh, our original or M Judy Dinch has uh, died, and we have a mm-hmm. new M uh, Ray Fiennes. We we've met Q, and this time. Um, Bond is kind of uh, going rogue a bit, which is which he is wont to do. Um, yeah, he's he's very prone to going rogue. He's very prone to going rogue. Um, yada yada yada. Christoph Waltz shows up. We find out a big um, twist reveal connection between him and Bond. We find out that he was responsible. For the death of M and and uh, Vesper and uh, he's also and his adoptive father. I was going to say James is adoptive. Uh, they're like family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big big. Yes. So um, I I think everybody. I think I'm the only one who's seen this movie twice. Mm-hmm. So I want to hear from any anyone else first. I'll go because this is the, uh, I don't know how to explain this. I enjoyed this movie. I don't think it was good, but I enjoyed it. Um, I think that this was the James Bond I've been expecting based on my pop culture stereotypes, right? Um, This was the closest thing that I have seen so far in the Daniel Craig series that makes me think of the James Bond that I assume and also gets the Austin Power stuff that I am more familiar with, right? You have your evil mastermind villain. You have your useless henchman who's really unnecessary and has a stupid hitch with uh, Batista who squeezes people's eyes in his- Oh uh, yeah, I forgot. His, his, uh, his fingernails, his thumbnails are painted because that's his weapon. Yeah. Were they painted or did, were they scary. daggers? I thought they were little daggers on his thumbs. Either way, okay, that makes more sense. I thought they were just painted because that was his like weapon, his thumb. Don't challenge this man to a thumb war, all right? He's <laughs> right? deadly. That deadly right? thing. And so it was really stupid, but it was funny. Right. It, it was what I expected. Um, I also thought that the opening gag or the opening action scene was was humorous in a way that it hadn't been before. Um, you know, you're used to seeing these high intense action scenes where somebody's always like climbing to higher things and it's like building and building and building. And this one was very calm and James was very smooth. And he just like 
walked out the window and smoothly walked along the, the buildings as all that other stuff was happening. And then he like fired two shots and the whole building exploded. And it was hilarious to me because I didn't expect it. Uh, and then whenever he's falling through the buildings and he like lands on that couch, I found that funny. And those are the things that I kind of expected getting into the James Bond series that I hadn't been given. Um, and so I was very excited to be given those. Uh, having said that, I think that the movie itself is not that great. Um, I think it's fun. I think it's, uh, I think Christoph Waltz is very underutilized until the second half of the movie. And then he really does a, a good job. Uh, I think Batista's underutilized the whole thing. I know that he probably at that time wasn't the Batista he is now, but still. Um, but it was, uh, it was just fine. Right. Yeah. I would like to lead off next. Okay. So I, I agree. I actually quite enjoyed this. I had heard a lot of uh, hullabaloo about how this was not good. A lot of, uh, a lot of people were uh, uh, reviews that I had heard in, you know, through the grapevine on Twitter said that this one was disappointing and they didn't enjoy it. But I got to say, I thought this was fine. I thought this was pretty good, pretty enjoyable. Uh, it was pretty straightforward. There wasn't like, uh, there was mystery, but there wasn't like, I have no idea what's going on kind of mystery. Um, uh, it did steer a little closer to the sort of cheese that I think James Bond became associated with at times while still having that sort of grittier feel. Uh, I'm trying to think of what to compare it to and I'm having I'm having a hard time coming up with something, but it uh, for me for the most part it kept my interest. Uh, it moved along at a fairly good pace, even for a two and a half hour film. I just I, I was never I never really checked my watch. Uh, it does it does kind of like I do it, the 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 Austin Powers thing you said, Garrett, is very funny. You write down to the big long desk with all mm -hmm. the people. You're just like waiting for him to press a button, um, you know, and this and Blofeld is the inspiration for Dr. Evil. Uh, so you kind of you kind of get that there. But, um, you know, there was a, a bit more of a, a fantastic element. And so that was kind of not not to the not to a ridiculous degree, but to a kind of like a little more fun. There was a little bit more fun with this James Bond than I felt like there were with especially the first two movies. Uh I did like that Sam Mendes, you know, he's a, he's a very uh, uh, good director. I like that he was getting in his 1917 training at the beginning of this movie here, where he does like a six minute one -er. Uh just like you said, Garrett, just seamlessly, like we start with this shot of a parade and then we join James and he's walking along. We make our way through uh, very fun, uh, very fluid open. And I was like, look at Sam Mendes here. He's, He's like, he, he got to the end of that and he was like, okay, five minutes, 55 seconds. I can do better. I can do a whole movie <laughs> like that. Figure this out. You know, he's like, I can do this for 190 minutes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I thought that it was fun. I thought that it was uh, pretty interesting. I think Daniel Craig was good. Uh, and, you know, uh, I always like to see, and I'm going to say it, and you guys aren't going to know who it is, but I always like to see. Uh, uh, Andrew Scott. He played uh, C, or uh, what's his real what's his what's his what's his real name in this? Max something, Max Dingy or something e like Moriarty. that. Moriarty. Yeah, he's a uh, Moriarty 
in uh, Sherlock, the BBC Sherlock. And uh, uh, he's the, he has a great uh, version of, uh, well, at least the great monologue of Richard III that I watched. So uh, I always like seeing him. He's a good actor. Uh, and uh, overall, uh, no, no, ma- I mean, no major complaints. I mean, what can I say? It's weird that it was, came out in 2015. I felt like it feels like nine years ago, even if it wasn't that long. Yeah, like uh, when I when I remember that this came out in 2015, yeah, I was I started thinking about that, and it was just like, you know, this movie has been out for a little bit. You know, it's not, and we haven't had a Bond movie in between. And I'm like, wow, have we really gone that long without a Bond movie? It's supposed to be out last year. It was fair. supposed to be out last year, but even then, that was like five it's years. Five year break, yeah. I was wondering at what the Bond break normally is between. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, new or like the same character. I don't feel like five years is wrong. Hang on one second. But yeah, Andrew, what did you think of the, because this is your first time seeing it, right? This is my first time seeing it. And I, I liked it, but I didn't like it. I think there was just too much riding off of Skyfall. And I think they were trying to like, they weren't trying to one up it, but they were trying to like be as, be as good as Skyfall. I think it's really cool that they wrap the story around skyfall like these are concluding stories these are these are all kind of like episodic in the in the daniel craig verse and i i like how this is working i will say that like this is kind of like one of those things where it's like every other movie is great Hmm. so you know casino royale really really good quantum of solace Eh. Uh, Skyfall, brilliant. It's absolutely great. And then you have this. To me, this was just, it wasn't, it didn't, it didn't like, it wasn't like a breakthrough or anything. It was just all right. It was just really good. I really like Christoph Waltz as, as a villain. He's just so damn enigmatic as, just as a villain. Like he is, he is a villain's villain. He can just pull that off just like that really well. And then just put him go, in a damn Batman movie already. No kidding. <laughs> and and I just like I wasn't it, it there there wasn't any like oh my god moments. There was just like oh okay that's cool. You know it's the um, even the even the opening song writings on the wall was just like eh it's all right. So my my one up my one review of all this is just like it's pretty much a run-of-the-mill bond movie uh just with a tiny tiny bit of extra okay a a tiny bit of extra that's it we all have a tiny bit of extra sometimes i will say that it was a tad bit too long yeah that happens the running time did get to me um you know, I don't think I don't really think I could say much more than what has already been said. Um, I, I pretty much agree. Um, uh, Andrew, I've also heard that other people also feel like um, this series kind of takes a, every other one is really good. So like, if that, like Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard it for that, too. So if that prophecy holds true, No Time to Die should be fantastic. And some of the some of the early buzz indicates that it might be. So I'm excited for yeah. that. Um, but this movie's fine, you know. It's it is fun. It's got fun moments. I really like the Day of the Dead stuff. Um, 
I just really like seeing Day of the Dead stuff on film anyway, um, just because it's so colorful and um, just morbidly celebratory. Yeah, they're interesting visuals that I enjoy seeing. Mm. It can be creepy. It can be fun. It can be a lot. So it, yeah. it, it is. A, it is a cool aesthetic to be seen worked into a film. I agree. Mm-hmm. And then there's fun um, little. I wanted to point out, you know, some of that classic James Bond stuff that you think of. I really like that he um, uh, blows up a wristwatch to uh, throw off Christoph Waltz. Like that's a classic Bond gadget. Um, he's got his Aston Martin back. He's zooming around in. So fun, classic Bond stuff like that does show up that I enjoy. But otherwise, you know, I got to just kind of repeat what you guys said. It is it is fine. It's 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 enjoyable. It's watchable, but it's probably not super memorable. And I don't remember feeling that way when I saw it the first time either. It's just like, oh, nice. That was, you know. Two and a half hours away from the real world, I guess that's fine. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, comparing this to quantum of solace is it do you guys as bond people to josh and andrew for the most part is this better than quantum of solace because i i feel like it is to me it is yeah. um yeah it's Get, right above like, there's it's just them. there's more story to this there's more story but to this than the, the, the villain's more interesting in this one yeah um i quite frankly have already forgotten who the quantum of solace villain was yeah oh uh, it was mr green don't you right, right this one you've got uh, did he kill Paul. somebody in the conservatory with a wrench? Right. Did, I can't remember if that movie worked like a, He killed uh oh what did he he yeah. I can't beat <laughs> that thing. I go ahead. Yeah. You you've got what the I, better villain, you've got the fun the fun gadgets. So I it's better. I, I appreciate though the premise of saying, Hey, Mr. Bond, all of the things you've done, whether it was uh, uh, uh Le Chief in the first one, uh quantum and uh, Green in the second one, or Mr. Silva by Harvey Bardem. It's all part of this web going back up to this unit known as Spectre, to Blofeld and this you know criminal empire that we've been hinting at for quite a while. Um, I think it, it works. If this had been the last one, it would have been a little bit disappointing, so I'm glad we're getting another one. I feel like the climax of this one lets it down a little bit. Um, that said, yeah, I don't know is is it's uh i can't complain that much right yeah i think that's what it's uh, for me so I, too so, so i looked this up for you garrett and uh, we're going to get into some technicalities here okay so this is the longest there has the the 2015 release of specter to 2021 release of no time to die is the longest gap between the two james bond movies however it is tied for the longest gap featuring the same Bond. Sean Connery uh, stopped playing Bond in 1967 with He Only Lived Twice. In 1969, two years later, they made another James Bond movie with George Lazenby called On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Two years after that, Sean Connery returned for Diamonds Are Forever, a five-year gap after his last James Bond movie, and then that would become his last James Bond movie. Wow. So, so it ties the gap for a singular Bond to return, but there was a Bond movie that came out without him in between that, that time period. Interesting. You're, also, you're also forgetting Never Say Never Again. Never Say Never Again. Never Say Never. Is again. that one in there somewhere? Yeah, that's, a, that's like... That's the remake of Thunderball, isn't it? I think so. 
Is that the remake of Thunderball he made? Yeah, it's got. I mean, I mean, it's 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 a James Bond movie, but yeah. it's also it's it stars so it's, uh, uh, Kim Basinger. Yeah. So this is a this is the non the non Eon movies. There's two movies it says here made that were not made by the Eon uh, Studios, which made uh, these last five Bond movies and all the other ones except for 1967's Casino Royale. And as you mentioned, never say never again, which also featured Spectre. Hmm. So there you go. There you go. Like good, never, good, never seen that one. Um, I wanted to ask. We have <laughs> we have two experts on the topic in in the room right now. I want to talk about Dave Batista a little bit and his uh, his turn from wrestling to uh-huh. acting because this is one of his early starring roles. He had just done guardians of the galaxy the year prior to this and so this is like his second big screen movie yeah how how we feel about dave batista at this stage in his career was he a good villain you know i was excited when i saw he got this role because i thought that it would be a good uh it would be a good showcase for him as sort of a a villain type because you know we had just had him as drex and i thought he could get pinned into that, you know, comical superhero role. I think this was overall a pretty good, I mean, like they didn't ask too much of him here. I think he has literally one line um, and uh, he plays the part that's asked of him pretty well. So, I mean, that's, that's as good about as good as you can do in 20 as of then. Yeah. I think that he, I, I was really underwhelmed. I mean, I was, it was not, <clears throat> The opening kill scene with him was not, I, I don't know. It wasn't that great. I thought it was more humorous. Um, I think he as an actor in this one, yeah, I think that he didn't really have much to do with the part other than kind of look like a big guy running around and he can just do that in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it is a bit of a letdown though, if you look back in time and see the the standout performance that he really gave and got a lot of people's attention within Guardians of the Galaxy and then go into a bond and do something like this. And I also feel the same way about Christoph Waltz because around that same time, he was just coming off of the Glorious Bastards and for him to be cast and, as uh, a- And Django Unchained too. And Django Unchained. And so like, those are two huge roles where he has just stunned people like right out the gate. And then he's a Bond villain. It's like, oh my God. And he even was still really underwhelming. Um, well, good. I think that mm. he could have been a- standout villain yeah, and i think that has more to do with the story than him himself which is unfortunate you know it's it's this is i think i think i've not watched all of uh, batista's films um ooh, so ooh, it's hard it to, is very inconsistent i will say he's, i love he's i love all, batista but some of them are inconsistent he's 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 everywhere he's all over the place i think in terms of um if you had asked me in 2013 what type of role he would have been suited for, I probably would have said this. Batista, mm-hmm. as a professional wrestler, never struck me as the greatest pro- actor. No. But uh, he was always had the intensity. He had the look. You know, he had the uh, he had the, uh, the, the the intimidation factor down. You know, but uh, there wasn't a lot of that. I would say, oh man, he's got a he's a world class actor or anything like that. So I would have said this is ideal for him. Now. The great thing is, is that seeing him in Guardians and even something um, as recent as, uh, you know, Army of the Dead 
or the kind of thing that they're going for with him in like a stupor and stuff. He's actually got some pretty good comedic chops. So uh, I've been pleasantly surprised by his, his uh, uh, post wrestling career mm-hmm. in filmmaking. I would agree. I, he's certainly not one that I saw a uh, acting star on. I mean, you can look at people like the rock and they have a lot of charisma whenever they're doing stuff like that. I wouldn't associate Batista with a charismatic Ah, he was, but like in a, not in an acting kind of a way. So it, it, he's the one that I feel like is uh, the surprise for me of what, if you could stack them up with The Rock and John Cena, he's the one that surprises me the most. No, because those two, they were all about their, you know, their their promo work was always like top level. Um, and Batista didn't really have to say a lot. You know, he could get away with, with you know, saying three words and just uh, smashing a guy. But uh, uh, I've been pleasantly surprised that Dave's got a lot of personality. Mm. I'm looking forward to him in Knives Out too. I'm going to sneak that in there. I'm looking at his, his upcoming films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Another re- a reuniting with, Jay- with uh, Daniel Craig <clears throat> for that one. Maybe yeah. he'll have more to do. <laughs> Hopefully, that'd be cool. I think in 2015, I probably would have said, oh, he's a wrestler? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think I knew who he was besides Drax. Um, what did you think of him, uh, Andrew? I thought he was okay, but I'm kind of with you on, on the underwhelming aspect. I thought mm. he was just like, I thought he was trying to be too much like Jaws. Yeah, or Oddball or Odd Job. Any of those? Yeah. Who's the, who, yeah. we, which one threw the hat? Like Odd Job. Yeah, odd, job. odd Job, yeah. Random like, task. Like when he. <laughs> when he was like trying to like when when he was like poking the dude's eyes out Mm. i'm like you know if he was really really a super villain he would just like try to squeeze his head and like like like, break his head like like crack his head i mean that that's that's just me hey eyeballs are pretty intense yeah i think if you would have shown it that would have been better but you didn't see anything i don't like eye stuff i would have been freaked out if you yeah what if it's if when he pulled those those thumb daggers out of the guy's eyes, his eyeballs were just sitting on his thumbs. I like having olives. I'm looking at myself in the frame, and I like just sitting like, you know what, Garrett, it's perfect because that was his whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I just that was I his whole he, that was his whole celebration. I, I thought he was just like well, that. We understand that. Sorry, Andrew. Go ahead. No, no you're good. <laughs> uh, no, I thought he was. I thought he was okay. I didn't. I didn't think he was great. I th- but I did think he was very underwhelming, and I didn't. I. I didn't. Uh, I didn't get much out of him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, hey, I, it's, it's, it's kind of me. The role is the role itself is underwhelming, but I think Dave did fine at what he what it was because that's that's mm-hmm. what that was what was asked of him. Play big menacing bad guy. Um, I want to touch on the songs because Andrew brought up the songs and I, and oh, I don't yeah. think we've talked about the songs in any of them. And I gotta be real. I have been underwhelmed by everything by sky, by skyfall in this series. Oh, I, I think I, that I, they are all perfectly forgettable. Oh, I don't know. I thought that uh, uh, Chris Cornell sang his ass off at the beginning of Casino Royale. That was, uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, this was fine. Writing on the wall, I think is the, is the theme for this one. Isn't that it? It's yeah. Sam's. Uh, Sam Smith's writing on the wall won a won a won the Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought that was fine. Uh, I think that this one was out. better than some of the other the the first two. I think the first two I struggled with a lot. Oh yeah, Quantum of Solace. Who who can even remember? 
Well, it was, uh, and that's a shame because it's Jack Black and Alicia Keys. The thing uh, is, is that that's the one I like the most. Oh, really? You like that more yeah. than Skyfall? No, it, like Skyfall was Skyfall was really good because it's Adele, but like yeah. Jack White and Alicia Keys, I really it, like. That's the one I can. That's the one I can kind of like, like hum the most. You know, that's mm-hmm. the one that like kind of stood with me the most. Because I didn't think they meshed well together as a as a duo personally. I, I think they're I don't think their styles match for me in a way that was pleasing. I like when crossovers happen and like those two. I mean, those two are so talented. I just didn't yeah. think that they hit one out of the park together. I just uh, like I'll give them a ground with a double. I or mean, I mean, you're not wrong, but the thing is, is that like I, I just that for me is like the one I remember the most. I actually really like that song. Mm. Okay. So fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. That's the one yeah. that I don't remember very well. But yeah, I thought um, you know, I go hand in hand with the music. Uh I thought that uh the uh the opening title sequences for these four films have been really good. I've enjoyed all of them. Uh you don't get a lot of opening title sequences these days. Nope. So mm-hmm. this was pretty these were all pretty enjoyable. I liked in Skyfall, it was sort of like he, you know, the underwater thing and he's sinking uh i think there was all the card stuff in uh, in in casino royale i don't remember what kind of solace this was um but this one i have to feel like uh the specter opening title sequence definitely uh, would appeal to a certain demographic who's into tentacle uh stuff <laughs> in and, uh, you've said enough <laughs> <laughs> it was uh <laughs> that was all i could think of when that when when it started out but anyway uh, I really liked it though. I liked the skulls that were in it. Uh, there's this part where uh, it like builds a, uh, it like builds something. Like there's like a beam of light, it builds something. Then like this, you know, uh, De La Mortes esque mask rises up. And I was like, oh, that's badass looking. So these opening title sequences have been fun. We need to get more opening title sequences in movies these days. Bring them back. Yes. Bring them back and bring back the theme song. Yeah, I agree. Um, yes. I, yeah, I, I, I have my own rankings, but I don't think I hate any of these songs. Um, and I like, I've, I've been enjoying the No Time to Die theme song for over a year now. Yes, since it was released before the movie. I wonder <laughs> if that's going to get already a Grammy Award Grammy. winner. So, well, what? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, you kind of answered answer my question, which oh. was a. Uh, which was, I wonder if it's going to get nominated for anything because it got released so early and the delay pushed it back so late. Yeah, but probably. I don't, I, I don't know if they're going to make like a special rule for something like this or not, but we'll yeah, see. Yeah, I guess we'll find out um, yeah. very soon. Because I did I, like the new one. Yeah, it's good. Billy Billy Eilish is, is good. Oh, is it Billy Eilish for the new one? Billy yeah. Eilish did No Time to Die, yeah. I have I have not really listened to it, so I'll be I'll be I'll be interested to hear it. Perfect. It's a good well, time to die. It's not that scary. <laughs> uh, it's not bad guy. If, uh, yeah, I'm the Bond uh, guy. I think I made that joke. You I have made out. the Bond. <laughs> I think you made that last year when we were waiting for this movie to come out. I'm nothing uh, if not consistent. That's true. That's true. Okay, well, let's, uh, before we uh, run out of time here, let's uh, move on and talk about how this movie did and, and yeah, yeah. play our guessing games and all that fun stuff. So, uh, Spectre, as we talked about, came out way back in uh, 2015, oops, 2015 opening 
on October. Interesting. Most no, wait. I'm sorry. November sixth. Mm-hmm. Had the had the wrong thing pulled up there. Uh, opened November sixth of 2015 to uh, pretty good opening weekend of 70.4 million dollars. Uh, it was in the number one spot. Uh, number two, you had uh, the Peanuts movie. Uh, I'll have to enunciate that and make sure the Peanuts movie. Yep. Charlie Brown and such. Uh, 44 million on that one. Uh, at number three, uh, in its sixth weekend, you had The Martian. Starring Matt Damon, uh, which brought in nine million dollars. <laughs> Golden Number... and winner for comedy. Yeah, yeah, comedy, <laughs> classic comedy, The Martian, with uh, Matt Damon. At number four, Goosebumps brought in six point eight million, and at number five, Bridge of Spies brought in five point eight. This is a pretty good lineup. I liked a lot of those movies. Well yeah. yeah, a lot. Of, I mean, and and even the rest of the top ten is not too bad that weekend either uh so for the year of 2015 these are domestically uh, uh specter would go on to make 200 million even in the united states and canada nice. uh bringing in uh bringing it to the number 10 spot on the year anybody want to guess the number one movie of 2015 is it a was there a marvel movie that year there was but it was not number it's one not the marvel movie 2015 oh my god oh, i know yes Oh yeah. Go ahead, Andrew. Go ahead, Andrew. Damn it. Star Wars. Yeah. Force Awakens. That is correct. The number one okay. movie of for, for with, all time. Uh, yeah, the with an un, unsurmountable nine hundred and thirty-six million dollars domestic, uh, which I don't think will ever be reached, or it'll be very difficult for it to be reached. Excuse me, Avatar yeah. two. Oh uh, yeah, we'll see. Don't even put that in the vein of existence because I know it's possible, and I'm upset by it. So at number two. This is also you guys could probably you guys could potentially guess number two that year was uh, Jurassic World with six hundred fifty two million. At number three, here's your Marvel movie. It's Avengers: Age of Ultron with four hundred fifty nine million. Mm-hmm. At number four, this is a good shot. Inside Out, Pixar's mm. Inside Out brought in three hundred fifty six million. And at number five, Furious Seven. Hard to believe that Furious Seven was just five or six <laughs> years ago. Uh, I'll round out the rest of the top 10. So you got Minions at number six, Hunger Games, Mockingjay part two at seven, uh, Golden Globe winning The Martian at number eight, and uh, the Cinderella remake, which did better than I, I thought. 201 million for that uh, Cinderella live action. Never saw it. And then uh, just a shout out another movie we've done, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation at number 11. Nice. Um, internationally, things are mostly the same. Spectre got a big boost internationally, made it put, took it up to the number six spot for $880.6 million. Number one movie again, Star Wars, number two, Jurassic World, yada, yada, yada. So, you know, it's interesting. We talk about, um, oh, just for the, to hear, unadjusted, Spectre is the second highest grossing Bond movie of all time behind Skyfall. Uh, it goes Skyfall, Spectre, Quantum of Solace, Casino Royale. Which makes a certain amount of sense because Casino Royale got people back. Mm-hmm. People went to see the sequel, mm-hmm. uh, and we're like, eh. "Skyfall." Everybody went for that one. There must have been everybody was like, "Yes, this is the James Bond we want." Mm-hmm. And then Inspector, mm-hmm. and so Daniel Craig pretty much uh, holds the spot on the top grossing movies. Not again, that's unadjusted. So if you were to adjust these for modern price, for you know, inflation and all that, things might change. Um, you know, we talk about we talk about money a lot, and but we don't really talk about what that means in terms of pure profit. Interestingly enough, I actually have a stat here for the pure profit that Spectre made. Of course, you do. 
And uh, I just want to talk about it from an interesting perspective. $880 million. You got two minutes to talk about this interesting oh, perspective. Shit. And 880, $880 million worldwide. You know what that amounts to in terms of profit? A lot. Only $28 million. Only? Only $28 That'd make profit. my life. I know. I mean, well, you know, but like where these movies make money is a lot of times in merchandise. All right, let's go to the letterbox game. That's it for me this week. Nice. I thought we had I thought we had like nine minutes left. I'm sorry. We did. I don't have the timer. We did. Who ran who won last week? Do you remember, David? Oh no, it's on my ankle. I think it was you. It was one of you two, I think. Yeah, I did. I won last week. uh, as usual. (laughs) Okay, then I'm gonna guess three point three. Ooh, um, I'm gonna go with two nine. Two nine. I'm gonna go with three point one. Okay. <laughs> All right, that makes our job very easy. Your winner this week is Andrew. Hey. Because it's three point one exactly. Wow. Exactly. Nice. Nailed it, Andrew. Nailed it. All right. Well, I'm gonna give my rating is a three point five for me. I think it's fair. 3.5 as well. Wow. I think it's just going to get a two and a half for me. I think it's good. Oh, you th- well, yeah. Okay. Was nice <laughs> I was trying to remember what you gave Quantum of Solace, and I, I think you gave that a 2.5 as well. I'll have to check, because if that's the case, then that one's going to go lower. <laughs> yeah, you might. I think it's a, it's a three and a half for me as well. well. I think I'll join you two in that. Because uh, yeah, because it's not quite as good. I would put it right now. It's Skyfall, Casino, Spectre, uh, uh, Quantum. Same. What's our rating, Josh? That's a three point two five. I had to do the math real quick. Hey, that's pretty close. Right. I come close to the to the to the aggregate. So we'll be back next week with the long-awaited No Time to Die. Find us online, <clears throat> We will see you then. There is no more time in this review.